The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. We magnify your name. We declare from generation to generation there can never be and there will never be any God like you. You are awesome in praise, beautiful beyond description. Hallelujah to your holy name. Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We hallow your name. We exalt your name. The God of awesome wonders, the miracle worker. We thank you. We exalt you. Take all the praise, our Father. Blessed be your name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we worship. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Deacon Eddie, the Lord bless you richly. Thank you for that wonderful song ministration. And I'd like to welcome every one of you watching online this morning or whatever time zone you're watching at or watching from. The Lord bless you richly in Jesus' name. It's always a joy to have you join us every service day. We really do, do appreciate your commitment to God and then also staying with us in being a part of what God is doing in this house. My prayer is that the God of wonders will do wonders in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you set for great wonders today? I believe God that God will do great, a great wonder in your life and in my life today. If you believe it, I'd like you to shout a believing amen. Put it out there in the chat room. God will do great wonders in my life today in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just one or two quick announcements before we go into what I have to share this morning. And um, we've been announcing now that we're going to start a leadership series in the month of May. By the special grace of God, May from the first week in May, we're starting Leadership 101. Later in the year, we're going to be doing Leadership 201. Now, I'd like for you to be a part of this initial series. There's a whole lot of topics that are going to be, we're going to go through, and it's going to be an impactful, amazing time in the presence of God. I'd like you to register. Um, there's going to be a link put out there in the chat room. For those of us who are um, on YouTube, um, I, uh, there's going to be a link put out there on the chat room. Just follow that link and do what? Register for the program. And for me, I attended the session last year, and it was an amazing time. Now, it was an amazing time. And for everyone who took part of it, I am very certain that it was a blessing to each and every one of us. So be a part of it, and then the Lord will bless you richly as you do in Jesus' name. Also, you know, within the context of what is going on, there can be no better time to have what we call small groups or re-energize, re-engage, reactivate our small group system. Now, small groups are smaller units where we can connect with one another, discuss topics that are of importance, that are relevance to us, and be able to share fellowship with one another. And right now, for over one year now, for a number of us, we've not been able to physically meet. But you see, when you join a small group, 
What, what it gives you an opportunity for is that it gives you an opportunity not only to engage people in a smaller unit, is that it gives you also an opportunity to be enriched by that small unit. And, and then as well, it gives you an opportunity for you to also be a blessing to that small unit. God said to Abraham, I will bless you. And he says you will be what? He says you will be a blessing. Friends, there can be no better time than now for us to re-energize, re-engage in our small group system in Throne of Grace. So starting from the month of May by the special grace of God, we're going to be starting again. We're going to be re-engaging with our small groups. So if you don't belong to a small group, um, please, you're going to be assigned one. Or you're going to be, uh, what we're going to first start with, with, we're going to start off with uh, zona groups based on location. For instance, we'll have a small group that's going to come up that is in Markham. For those who live in the Markham area, we have a small group for those who live in the Richmond Hill, the King City area. We have a small group for those who live in the New Market and the Aurora area, those who live in Georgina and um, up to somewhere in East Golimbri. We have a small group for you. So whatever small group, and then, of course, the people who are in North York exits, there's a group for you as well. And, and if, if you don't fall into any of those buckets of categories, please put a message in our chat room in, um, in um, the WhatsApp group, and then we can create a group where you will be functional. Now, the essence of this group is that it, it helps us not only to be a brother's keeper, but it as well helps us to engage with one another. There's no better time that we should be there for one another. And the Lord will help us richly in Jesus' mighty name. And the last but not the least for what I have to just quickly emphasize this morning before we go into the world is that next Saturday we have a zonal world conference. And it's going to be virtual as well. It starts 10 a.m. in the morning and it runs till 1 p.m. in the afternoon. The Zonal World Conference is, is a section where we're going to stay under the ministry of the world and it's going to be an impactful time. Our regional pastor is, is going to be ministering to us. And I believe, God, that the ministry of the world will change our lives and produce great results in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Pastor Tayo Jajoni and then a provincial pastor, Pastor Folare Akinshola, will be ministering on those programs. Please, don't, don't miss it, please. Don't miss it. Invite someone and be ready to engage God as God blesses you and I in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you ready for the word? I, I believe, God, for a great and impactful word that will change the course of your life today. I, I, I seriously believe it. We've been talking about the God of wonders this month. And this morning or this afternoon, depending on what time zone again you're watching from, because I know different people are watching from Europe, some people are watching from um, Africa and the like. Wherever you're watching from, I, I would like you to believe God. This morning we're going to be specifically speaking on provoking the miraculous. And I'd like you to put it out there in the chat room. I will walk in the miraculous. Put it out there in the chat room. Put it out there. I will walk. From today, I will walk in the miraculous. Why? Every born again believer 
has been called to walk in the miraculous. We've been called. That is what God has called us to, to walk in the miraculous. My prayer today is that God will open up our eyes to see great and wondrous things out of his law in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, we ask that God, you will challenge us. You will transform us. You will empower us by your spirit. That, Lord, indeed, we may operate in the kingdom realm that you have called us to. You said, he that is born of the spirit is spirit. We are not ordinary people. By reason of new birth, I therefore declare in the name of Jesus, from today, from our touch realm to our physical manifestations, may we manifest the same works that you manifested in the mighty name of Jesus. May we walk in the miraculous. May our lives exhibit the miraculous. And may Jesus be glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'd like to take a text from John chapter 3 verse 1. John chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm going to quickly read from verse 1 to verse 8 because it is very symbolic. I'm reading from the New International Version of the, the Bible. It says the Bible, and it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a, a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. It says, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. In other words, he was a great man. He said he, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, a very good teacher, who has come from God, who no one, for, he said, for no one can perform the signs you are doing for God if God were not with him. He says, we know that no one can perform this. In other words, he was saying to him, please, can you tell me how to do this kind of great works you are doing? Can you tell me? And that is why you see in the reply of Jesus that even though he was saying to Jesus, no one can do this great miracle that you, you have done or you are doing. Then Jesus answered him because Jesus understood what was going on in his mind. It, it, was, it was like saying, how can I do these same things you are doing? He, he, he was saying, how can I do the same kind of miracles? How can I walk in the same realm and dimensions you are walking in? And that the Bible says, and Jesus replied and said to him, very truly I say, tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. In other words, no one can see these miraculous signs. No one can walk in the miraculous. No one can operate in the kingdom realm of God. He says, unless they are born of God. Born again. Then Nicodemus asked, how can somebody be born again when they are old? Verse, he says, surely they cannot enter into a, into a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Is that what you are saying? And Jesus said, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. He said, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born of the spirit. He talks about two dimensions of birth there. He said they are born of the spirit and then they are born of the flesh. 
He says, for flesh gives birth to flesh. And I like this very well, friends, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Let me stop there a little bit so that I can and just digress a little bit. Redemption, friends, is what launches you and I into a new dimension of life. Every individual is first born of water, of flesh. In other words, your mom gave birth to you. Your mom gave birth to you. <laughs> My thoughts this morning seem to be running faster than, but I don't want to go there. Your mom gave birth to you. That is the natural personalities. That is the natural process of life. Everyone born of a woman, born naturally, comes through that method. And friends, if you live only on that realm, you are going to operate based on the flesh. The Bible says that they that are born of the flesh are flesh. That is why everything people are preoccupied with is just the natural. So they think in the natural, they see things from the natural perspective, they operate from the natural perspective. Why? Born of the flesh. But Jesus was saying to Nicodemus that if you need to experience the kingdom dimension and realm of life of the miraculous, the somethingness that got to occur in your life, there's a new dimension of birth. There's a new experience I'd like you to encounter and in this experience, Nicodemus, is that you must be born by the Spirit. The Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. And that was what God was saying to Nicodemus. He said, there's a new dimension of walking in the Spirit that comes by what? By new birth. In other words, friends, for as many people that are born of God, if you're a believer, you have been born into a new realm, into a new kingdom realm. That is what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he says he is a new creature. He said, all things are passed away. He said, behold, all things have become new. You know, Nicodemus was surprised. And Jesus Christ said, you should not be surprised at this saying. That you must be born again because if you look at that, Nicodemus asked him some questions. And, and, and just say, don't be surprised by this. Don't be surprised by this. And he, he gave him an illustration. And, and I'd like you to pay very close attention to that illustration in verse 8. And the Bible says, and the wind blows where it pleases. How many people have seen the wind before? How many people have seen the wind? The truth is that you can't see the wind. But you feel the effect. Many times we want to see before we believe. But what is unseen is greater than the things that are physical. Greater. The wind blows where it please. You hear the sound, but you cannot. It says you cannot tell where he comes from or where it is going to. And it goes further to say that it says so, it, so is he or so is she. 
So it's everyone born of the Spirit. Friends, this is a very great illustration that I like for everyone hearing the sound of my voice today to pay very close attention to. You must not live by the things you see. You must live by the dimension of the things that are not seen. And, and that is what walking in the realms of the supernatural talks about. That's what it talks about. You can see the effects of the wind, but you cannot. You can hear the sound, rather, but you cannot see it. The same way when you are born of the Spirit, friends, you know what? You can feel the impact of God working on you, even though the things that you see may not look as if they are, they are in line with what the expectations should be naturally. Friends, the supernatural, the spiritual world, Rules the physical, rules the physical, rules the physical. So once you're born again, so far as many that are hearing the sound of my voice, what God Jesus is saying through the scriptures is that new birth has given you the power to walk in the miraculous. This should be a joy to you. New birth has conferred it on you. You are no longer an ordinary person. You are a supernatural person. You are no longer an ordinary entity. You are a power part, spirit field, carrying body of the mighty God, carrying God in himself, in your being. That is why, friends, you must live your life beyond the realms of the physical. Why? Live in the kingdom realm. That is what Jesus is saying in other words. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. That's why I'm saying many times we miss out on this. We want to live by sight. We see things that does not align to our lives. And we grumble, we murmur, we complain. When the kingdom life wants you to do or to fix it, things are not materializing in the physical the way God has ordained for it to be. What do you do? Why do you complain when he has loaded you with power? He has loaded you with a new creature. He has loaded you with a new ability to do what? To walk in the kingdom realm and exercise dominion. Friends, that is what God has called you and I to. You are no longer ordinary. You carry the spirit of God. You carry the body, the life of Christ. You carry the ability of the Godhead. And friends, if you carry it, you must walk in it. You must declare it. You must stand in it. You must operate it. That's why you've got to provoke it. If you look at the scriptures time and time again, the Bible said that the spirit of God came upon them. He came upon Samson once and he carried the whole defense, the whole gate of a city. And walked several miles, kilometers, Dumped it on the hill. That was power. That was power. The Spirit of God came upon him once. And the Bible says he took a jawbone of an axe and he killed over a thousand or about a thousand of the Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he did mighty, mighty things. You see, the difference between Samson and you and I is that the Spirit dwells in us. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. The same spirit dwells in us. That is what the Bible says. The same spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead. If he dwells in you, he said that same spirit will do what? We quicken your mortal body. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice right now, that same spirit quickens your mortal body right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. We believe he shall they believe in amen. So the question is, if that spirit dwells in me, what do I need to do to provoke, to engage, to make me walk in the miraculous? There are seven uncommon things. I call them uncommon because you need to do uncommon things to attract the miraculous. And I'm going to run through those seven in a quick, in very quick form in the next few minutes that we have. I have left, the first thing you must do to provoke, to engage, to get the spirit of God, you know, working great miracles in your life, which already he, he's there, living there, dwelling there, residing there, is that you must, you, must, you must do what? You must provoke the miraculous by uncommon thinking. Tell somebody, think differently. Tell someone else, I'll put it out there in the chat room. Renew your perspective in your thinking ability. You gotta think differently. That must be an uncommon thinking. Uncommon. Oh, don't think the way the people in the world think. Oh, house prices are going up. Somebody was telling me in the course of the week. Oh, Pastor, will I be able to even buy a house? The way it's galloping, how can I even save up money to put us down payment? Oh, and they're saying now that the government is bringing a, some kind of restriction to make it harder. Are you sure I'm going to be able to buy a house? Think differently. Think differently. Think differently. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, and do not be confirmed. I like the way the, part, the scripture puts it. He said, do not be conformed. In other words, don't, be, don't, don't copy the behaviors, the thought processes and patterns of the people of this world. You've got to think differently. There's a different way kingdom people think. There's a different way people with a miraculous mindset, they think. He said, but be what? Be changed. In other words, walk in the realm of the miraculous. Walk in a kingdom realm. By what? By the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody hearing the sound of my voice. Your mind has got to be changed. Your thought process has got to change. It's got to change. Your thinking matters. That is the foundation for every miracle. Anyone that would attract the miracles of God, walk in the miraculous, must think differently. You must think like God. You must think scriptures. Oh, that is the starting point. That is the greatest point where you can connect to a miracle. That's the greatest point where you can connect to a miracle. The Bible tells me of a woman. Many of us have heard the story of this woman several times. But I bear mention her again. In the book of Mark chapter 5, verse 27 and 28, this woman had blood issues, running blood for 12 years. She could be said to, some, to be somebody who had her period, her menstrual cycle running consistently for 12 years. Consistently. 
Now for most women, it comes once in a month. Regular once in a month. Even if it's not very regular, but it still comes once in a month. But this woman had blood flowing through her every day of the day of the of the month. And it ran for 12 months, I mean 12 years. Most of you ladies know how 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 challenging it is when you're in your, you know, you're going through your cycle. Sometimes many ladies become very irritable. Some have different manifestations. But for this lady, she carried the burden of this pain for 12 years. For 12 years. She went on and on and on and on with this challenge. But if you look at scriptures, she moved from one doctor to the other, to the other, to the other. But nothing seemed to be, no, no solution seemed to be coming. Now, after 12 years, if you were the one, what will you do? The chances are that you say, I give up. Maybe this is my cross. <laughs> Let me just carry this cross. But not so for this woman. But I like what this lady did in Mark chapter 5, verse 27. The Bible says in verse 28, portion of that Mark, it says, when she heard about Jesus, see, she came from behind the crowd and touched his garment, verse 28 is where I'm going to. The Bible says in verse 28 of that scripture, it says, for she said in her heart, it said, because she thought. I think a translation, I think either the New International Version puts it this way. It says, she thought. Some translation says, she said. It said, because she thought, she came from behind and she said, if I can touch. There was a thought process behind the touching. She thought differently. She thought differently. Some of us, our challenge is that we have ended up where we ought not to have ended up because we thought this is the end and we have given up. You're going to think differently, friend. You're going to think differently. Everyone who must attract the miracles, the mighty miracles of God, have got to think differently. You must always think that God is able to do what he says he can do. The Bible says, this, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above, far above what we can imagine or think. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Anything you can think, God can do. God can do. Remember some years back, I think that was precisely 2002, the first time I traveled, traveled to the UK, I was living then in Africa, and one of the days I was walking through the streets in London, United Kingdom, and I was, I was, admiring, I was admiring the streets, and, and admiring the wonderful city, very lovely to behold. And as I was walking through, you know, Oxford Street, something, a thought just came to my mind and said, Israel, do you know you can, you can get buy a house in this city? I said, <laughs> and then my thought process started running, running wide. At the point in time, under consideration, I didn't, I didn't even have a house in Africa. So I said, I started laughing. I said, really? Can I buy a house? Now, because I know how my thought processes come, I know when the Spirit of God speaks to me, 
and, and when my thought processes are, are my personal thought processes. But this time around, I knew that this was God saying something to me. And friend, do you know what? I grabbed the thoughts. And I said, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, there are certain things that God will be dropping in your mind this season. Friends, don't joke with them. Put actions into them. And God will do the miraculous for you. So I laughed about it. And I started thinking about it. And then I said to God, you can bring this to pass. I can buy a house in this place, in this land. Yes, I don't have a house in the home country where I am coming from. But yes, I can. I can, I can, I can. And when I go back home, you know, back, back to Africa, I started making inquiries. How can you buy a house? And that was the first time I will ever realize that you can even buy a house in some environments with nothing down. <laughs> the, rest is, the rest is history. But within the space of a short time, before the end of 2000, by the special grace of God, myself and my wife, we bought a place in Kent, London, a studio apartment. But I'll tell you the story of that studio apartment as we progress. But, 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 but the evidence, the evidence of that process was because there was a thought process that came to be. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, are you giving up on the things which God has said you can achieve? Because there are challenges around. No, 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 no. Don't give up, friend. Don't give up. There is a thing that God can do. And he can do it from your thought process. The Bible says, as a man or a woman thinks in his or her heart, so he is. Every time you yield yourself to the workings of the Spirit of God, you know what? He drops processes, thoughts into your mind. May God drop thoughts that will change your life. May God drop thoughts that will change your destiny. Oh, I want to challenge you this morning. Stop seeing things from where you are. Stop seeing problems. Some stop seeing impossibilities. For many people, the only thing they see is impossibilities. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the challenge everywhere. There's COVID. Do you know that even within this COVID, many people are making millions of dollars? Making money. Stop. Flood your thoughts with the supernatural. Load up yourself with scriptures. And then think, think of heavenly things. Think of kingdom things. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice. The least you are now is the least you will ever be. In the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing. Beyond thoughts. Is that you must have uncommon expectation. Uncommon expectation. Your thoughts must always lead you to an uncommon expectation. In other words, uncommon thoughts must lead to uncommon expectations. Uncommon expectations. Uncommon thoughts must lead to uncommon expectation. You know, the, the story of the woman with the issue of the blood that we talked about earlier on, we got a better picture of that story from the account of Dr. Luke. When Luke was giving the story, Luke gave us a perspective that the other writers of the gospel did not present. So if you look at Luke chapter 8, of the same story, and verse 40, 
The Bible says, reading the New International Version, the Bible says that when Jesus returned, he came from somewhere. It says, a crowd welcomed him. Now, I like the way the New International Version puts it. It says, for they were expecting. They were all expecting him. They welcomed him. They were expecting him. They welcomed him because they were all expecting him. But you see, if you look down the passage of scripture, there was a lot of crowd. Many were expecting him. But many had no thoughts of what they wanted him to do. They had no thoughts. But if you look at verse 41 and 33, you realize that out of the many that were expecting him, there were two people out there that had an expectation based on an uncommon thought. Jairus was one of them in verse 41. The Bible says that Jairus was the leader of the synagogue and on and on. And, and, and he came expecting Christ, but before then, the child has been sick. And what she came for, he came for was that the expectation he came for was that he wanted to talk with Christ. Now, the other person in that scripture was the woman, verse 43. And I like the way that the Bible puts it. It says, and a woman was there. A woman was there. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. A woman was there who has been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This account says, but no one could heal her before she could go get her healing. She had that uncommon expectation. She thought, oh, if I can touch. And then she went to where the crowd was and she was expecting. Friends, what is your expectation? What are your expectations? Expectation is everything. Faith without expectation is dead. Oh, I am believing God to do something great. But are you expecting it? You expecting it? If you ordered for an item, a very precious item, you know, in this day and age, what many of us do now, we go to Amazon or go to, you know, online and you just order stuff. If it's a precious item, are you going to just close your eyes and then you're not expecting it? No. You're going to keep looking out. And then you're going to go online and say, okay, let me track and see where this thing is. And then you're going to check out and then see, okay, they say it's on the way and on and on. There must be an uncommon expectation for there to be water, to, for there to be an uncommon miracle. That is what the Bible tells me in Psalm 72 verse 18, that the God we serve is not only a God of wonders, but it's a God that surpasses what? Expectations. In other words, it is the expectations you have that God can surpass. No expectation, nothing to surpass. With an expectation, something to surpass. And then that is a PTPT version. Expectation, friends, is what God meets, what God reaches out to. And that is why every time when Jesus Christ performed a miracle, he said to the people, what do you want me to do? In other words, what is your expectation? Anyone hearing the sound of my voice today, what is your expectation? What is your expectation of life? 
What are you believing God for your marriage? What are you expecting God for your children? Is there an expectation in your heart? Dare to believe God. Dare to believe him. And as you believe him, do what? Trust him for a change and a transformation with respect to expectation. Every expectation must lead to uncommon faith. And that is the third dimension. It's not sufficient to think. It's not sufficient to have an expectation. But the third thing is that you must have an uncommon faith. An uncommon faith. An uncommon faith. Faith is simply that step that is backed up by your expectation. That's what faith is. Faith does not deny the existence of a problem. No. But faith refuses to accept that this situation is permanent. Faith recognizes that hey, there's a problem here. But faith at the same time, while recognizing that, is saying, I am not going to give up. All the days of my appointed time, like Job said, will I wait until my water? He said, until my change comes. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, your change is coming by reason of your faith in the mighty name of Jesus. What is your faith? Is your faith strong enough? Is it strong enough? Faith must lead to action. You know, the woman... Now, this same woman we're talking about, this, this woman is a very, very, very interesting case study. And you know why it's an interesting case study? Jesus Christ had no input in her healing. She more or less provoked her own miracle. That is why I'm using her more, much more as a case study. Jesus had no input. Jesus did not touch her. If for anything, she reached out and touched the master. And then, after she was healed already, Jesus says, virtue has gone off me. And started looking for who was it that touched me. So she was the one that provoked her miracle, and that's why I'm using her case. If you look at this woman, the, the scripture says she thought in her heart. She was expecting. And then, what did she do? If you look at the story again, either you look at it in the Matthew's gospel or the, in the Mark gospel, there was a large crowd. There was a large crowd there. Now, imagine a woman who has been running in the blood. She's been having you know, blood running for 12 years. Do you think that woman will be very strong? Oh, the obvious chance is that she won't be very strong. The obvious chance is that she'll be weak. And, and back in the days, the culture even required that anybody who had issues of blood running in that manner should isolate themselves in some form. Because somehow, you know, based on Moses' you know, order that he gave, any woman in, those, in that category has to inform one form or the other, you know, be put aside or stay aside or stay separate. But this woman, she saw the crowd and she was not discouraged. That was an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. I went, I went one day to, I can't remember now whether it was uh, Walmart I was going to go to. And I saw a very long line. <laughs> and then I said, <laughs> key up on this line. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> I would. 
I will go and then and, and maybe return back again or do something or look for ways of sorting out myself. Ah, nobody likes to see a crowd and be engaged in it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I know people who went for a program before and when they saw the large crowd of the program, they went back home. But not so with this woman. Not so. The Bible says in verse 44, it says she came from behind. In other words, she was so desperate in her faith. Her faith had something to say about her expectation. The proof of your expectation, friends, is in your push. It's in your action. The proof of your expectation is in the action you take based on the expectations you have. If you have an expectation for the miraculous, what steps are you taking? What steps are you taking? The Bible says that this woman came from behind. And she did what? She pushed herself through. She pushed herself through. She pushed herself through. I can, I can imagine her just, you know, just meandering. Just, just going around, pushing through, and pushing through, and pushing through, and pushing through. Just because she wants to touch the master. That was an audacious faith. That was an audacious faith. Have you come to an experience in life where things seem to be stopping you? What do you do? What do you do? Do you give up so easily? Do you give up so easily? I think I've told the story here before. The first time I wanted to start a business in this environment, I got a lot of declines, but I made up my mind for as long as it would take, I'm going to keep going from one place to the other until I get a yes. Faith never stops believing. Never stops believing. Never stops believing. Never stops believing. Friends, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Go the extra mile. Touch God with your faith. That is what that is what stirs up a miracle. It's your faith. It's the things you do that stirs up a miracle. It's when God sees you taking a step that he does what? He says, okay, if this son, if this daughter can trust me enough to step into the waters, I'm gonna, I will make sure he doesn't drown. If, if, if he can make sure he steps in like Peter steps in, I will make sure he doesn't go down. If, if he makes sure he dips once, he dips twice, he dips seven times in According to my word, I will make sure he gets healed of his leprosy. Friends, listen and listen closely. Until you take a step of faith in line with scriptures, the miracles may not come. Let me move because of my time. Apart from faith, common faith, is that there must be backed up by common prayer and fasting. And I'm not going to dwell too much here. Many of us, you know, in the month of February, March, some part of January, we spent a lot of time dealing with prayer and fasting. But you see, there's potency, there's power there. There's power there. There's another woman who had a miracle, uh, produced, provoked a miracle for herself. Who also did not have an input in the sense that it was her faith that produced, that provoked God to do a miracle for her. It was a woman called Hannah. And Hannah, the Bible says that every year, year after year, they went to Shiloh. They went to Shiloh to worship. And every time they came back, 
the the what they call her now, Penanai, the thing, the second wife will be tormenting her. Ah, you're gone again. <laughs> Upon all your prayers, uh, no child. Look at me. I'm not even praying as much as you are. <laughs> I'm just uh, delivering. I'm just giving birth to children. And every year, this woman was taunting her. But this woman never gave up. And then they came one year. The Bible says in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, and I like the way the New Living Translation puts it in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, once after a sacrificial meal, I'm going to talk about that sacrificial meal as we go down. But it says once. Now, this was Hannah. She's gone year after year. But, but once after a sacrificial meal, the Bible says that she got up. So not only did she go to a sacrificial meal, she did what she got up and went to pray. <laughs> but then, puts it this way, she was in deep anguish. Now, I don't know whether you have ever prayed with agony. But I've been there before. I've been there. I've been in a situation where I just needed a breakthrough. <laughs> I just needed a breakthrough. I just needed a breakthrough. I needed my life to move in a particular direction. And somehow, there were obstacles. There were challenges. Major challenges. Major challenges. Major challenges. Then this day, I, I, I got tired of the challenges. And I said, enough is enough. And I fell on my feet in my room. I will never forget. And as I was praying from simple prayer, I started crying. And you know, you know what they call crying? Heavy crying. Have you seen a man cry before? Oh, Sexual fervent prayer. He said, he said this man cried bitterly. In other words, he was saying, God, you got to do something. She wept bitterly. She cried bitterly. She cried bitterly. In fact, I cried so much so that day that it got to a point I could not cry again. Have you seen a child before who have cried and cried and cried and the next thing he begins to do is, <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> When you come to that place in, the, in terms of prayer, that's what they call deep anguish. There's a burden in your heart that you can't pray, words can't come out. You want to utter words, but the words are not coming out. That's what is called deep anguish. You see, when you get to that point in your experience, most times you, you break through. In fact, that day, a challenge that I've been there for, for a while, after that day that I finished crying, with a deep anguish. I got a phone call that changed the story. Changed the story. Friends, prayer works. It works. It works. And it works powerfully. But if you look at verse 12, and that's where I'm going to go to. Go to uh, look at verse 12. After she finished all this crying with deep anguish, I would have thought that she would have just, she would have just settled. Because in, in between verse 1, Eli began to talk to her, and all, Eli began to watch her mouth, and all that stuff. But in verse 12, he said, and it happened 
as he continued praying. Listen, friends, never stop praying until you get the miracle. Never. 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 Never stop praying until you get the miracle. The Bible says in Acts 12, 5, constant prayers were offered for Peter. Why? They wanted a miracle. Constant prayer. Continual prayer. They never stop praying. It is, it is when you stop that probably you lose out. But if you don't stop, you'll gain the miraculous. Somebody hearing me, you'll gain it in the name of Jesus. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep pushing in the place of prayer. Are you looking for a child? Push in the place of prayer. Call the, call the man. Call the woman. Call the name out. And, 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 and as you call the person in, before long they will manifest. Are you trusting God as it were for a wife? Call the woman out. Call her out. Say, look, hey, where are you? if you are in China, come. If you are in, if you are in Afghanistan, I call you forth. Wherever you are, just call you forth. Just come. By, by divine manifestation, come. Just come into my life. By divine orchestration, come into my life. Call her in. Call her in. A friend told me a story. That one day she has searched and searched and searched for a wife in, you know, in their church. And every time, you know, he, says, he, says, he said, I can't see the sister. I can't see the sister. And then in church, I can't see the sister. At work, I can't see the sister. Where am I going to see the sister? So <laughs> this guy put to practice this scripture. So, so he said, I thank God. Lord, wherever the sister is, I command her to come into my life. And he said, he said guess what? He said, guess what? He says, do you know where I met my wife? Inside the bus as we were going, as we were committing to work. Inside the bus. It's a public transportation. You may never tell how God will do his miracles. The Bible says his ways are past finding out. May God meet you at the point of your need in the mighty name of Jesus. Prayer works wonders. It works the 15. The 15. You know, Hannah, the Bible says after a sacrificial meal. The 15 is that for you to provoke the miraculous. There must be an uncommon sacrifice. An uncommon sacrifice. A sacrifice is something you give up because you want something. Most times a sacrifice is painful. Most times a sacrifice is costly. It's a price you pay because you are daring to get something. It's a price. Everyone that would attract the supernatural must always pay a sacrifice. There must always be a sacrifice on the table. And you see, the, 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 the very, very interesting thing is that the kingdom of darkness have perfected the act of using sacrifices. And we in the kingdom don't understand the principles of uncommon sacrifice. That's, that's, that's a very, very sad thing. I grew up in a, a, a city called Benin City in my early, early days, you know, when I was much more a kid. My parents were living there and on and on. Now, I'm not saying it's only in Benin City. 
in various cities, you find also all sorts. But there's practically no turn. Back in the days, I don't know of now, there's practically no intercession that you will not see a sacrifice. Sometimes you see a bowl, there will be an egg in it, there will be a half leg of, half leg of um, what they call it, chicken. And then you see, you see something again sticking out in the bowl. Some other time you see a feather. They perfected the act. You, you turn to any corner. I think some, some people who are from Benin here, uh, <laughs> they are <laughs> 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 Rame is laughing. <laughs> because it's, 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 that is the reality. Now, take for a moment, some of you who have been in occultics, I mean, occultism, you know that one of the ways they get people initiated is that they tell you you must sacrifice something. Why? They have stolen the principle of sacrifice. When God wanted to turn around the life of Abraham, what did he do? He, he told him to sacrifice his son. A sacrifice on the table. When God wanted to bring about a miracle of turning the world around, he sacrificed his own son. A sacrifice on the table. Friends, if you must encounter the miraculous, you've got to do what? You must be ready to pay a sacrifice. No sacrifice, no miracle. Sometimes it can be as tough as that. Many of us talk about the fact that God blessed David so much. But do you know the sacrifice guy they paid? A lot of sacrifices he placed on the table. There was a point in time. He said, I'm not going to give God that which will not cost me something. When David paid unusual sacrifices, God showed up. We talk about Solomon. Solomon paid a sacrifice that nobody had ever done before in, in, life, in the life of scriptures. And even in our lifetime. If, if somebody will bring out a thousand bulls and begin to kill you, wouldn't you, you say, why are you wasting this thing? God is not like that now. God is not like that. Uncommon sacrifice. Uncommon sacrifice. And everyone, friends, who must aspire for higher heights must be ready to pay a sacrifice. Sometimes we learn the principle of sacrifice in a hard way. And every time, God will test your love or test your expectation by the sacrifice he will ask of you. You know, I was telling us about the house in Kent that myself and my wife bought in 2000. And then, come 2001, from nowhere, <laughs> I just had the same thought. Uh, the same, this is it. You know that house? I said, yes. At this time, this house was, the rent was paying the mortgage and then leaving me with some small change. 90, 90 pounds every month, change. He said, you know that house? I said, yes. Sell it. I said, okay. And do what? And give the money to church. I said, really? Yeah, but I thought, I thought you said, hey, have you Googled? this is what we're going to do. But you see, I, I, I wanted to dodge from that sacrifice. I, you know how it is. And I said, okay, 
I'll tell my, I'll ask my wife. If my wife says no, then I'm not going to know. So as I came to my wife, I, my, I said, uh, honey, you see that, uh, that house? She said, yes. What about it? He said, uh, I'm just feeling in my heart that we should sell it. He said, and do what? He said, and give the money to church. He said, is that it? I said, yes. Go ahead. I said, ah, go ahead. No, you didn't say no. <laughs> I, I was expecting her to say no so that I can hide under the umbrella. I say, ah, you know, you know, Lord, you know, Lord, you know, Lord. When uh, I wanted to do something, I wanted to do something. Um, I didn't want to do something. And then uh, Sarah was complaining. And then you told, uh, that, uh, you know, it was, you made Sarah, you made me overrule Sarah's thing because of Sarah's. Uh, so I was trying to hide under that. But friends, because I know how God deals with me, with a lot of tears in my eyes, I called the same agent who helped us, you know, buying the property, said that property was selling it. Then I sold it. And then we gave the money out to church. I waited, we waited for about six years for God to give us another house. But, but watch you, friends, watch you, friends, the next one that God did was far better than the one he did before. There's always sacrifices that will be tested. And friends, when God is testing your sacrifice, it's a test of your love and a test of your devotion. And that's what it is. Someone hearing the sound of my voice, you are asking God, oh God, just, just give me a breakthrough financially. Give me a breakthrough. I, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be comfortable financially. Yet, the simple sacrifice that God is asking you for, give me your 10%. Of your income. You say, ah, how can I give 10%? How can I give a tithe? How can I give an offering? What do they need it for? And the church is okay now. We make excuses. Now, if, 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 if God can't trust you with little, how can he trust you with much? How can There's a scripture that I've learned over time. Because I've, I've, this, this is an experience, the, the, the aspect of uncommon sacrifice is an experience that I have had with God time and time and time and time again. There was a time they were, were raising a building fund in church and the only car that we had, God said to me, we, we drop it. I spoke to my wife and she agreed with me, we drop it. Thank God for godly women that can always agree to anything about God. If it is some people, women, it's going to be a, a lot of arguments. It's an expert I've dealt with me a couple of times. I dropped it. And guess what, friends? You can't beat God. You just can't beat God. Psalms 50 verse 14. is a scripture that I've, I've always held to. And every time I want God to do something unusual. And I bring an, a sacrifice to the altar. There's something that always cheats. It may be a sacrifice of money. It may be a sacrifice of time. It may be a sacrifice of life. It may be a sacrifice of something else. I remember when at some point in my life, I wanted God to do something major in my life. Something major. And I said to God, I'm bringing this sacrifice of an offering. Not only that, I'm also bringing a sacrifice of my life. As long as I live, 
I'm going to commit and dedicate myself to serving you all the days of my life. My friends, I made up my mind based on those sacrifices. I don't have an option not to serve God. I don't have an option not to put my life on the line. I don't have an option. I don't have an option. With or without benefit, I don't have an option. Friends, it says sacrifice stands offering to God. Psalms 50 in verse 14. It says fulfill your vows to the most high. Sacrifice thanks offering to him. Very powerful scripture. Now, if you want God to do a dramatic change in your life, use that, try that scripture. Bring a sacrifice. Make a vow. Call on the Lord, the Bible says in verse 15. It says, and call on me in the day of trouble. He said, and I will deliver you and honor you. That was what Hannah did. That was Hannah did, what Hannah did. Hannah prayed, and then she did what she made a vow. She made a sacrifice. She placed this man called Samuel on the altar. Can you imagine somebody asking God to give her a child? And he's saying to God, I'm giving that child back to you. <laughs> that was the sacrifice. You see, when God sees your sacrifice, most times God rises and honors your faith. The sixth thing, I'd like to just move on from there because my time, I'd like to begin to wrap up. The sixth thing is that if you want to provoke the miraculous, there must be an uncommon praise. There must be an uncommon praise. Praise is what you bring to God. Whether things are working or whether things are not working. Most times one only bring praise when things are working. But praise should go beyond when things are working. Praise should come unto God when it is working and when it is not working. When God is good and when it appears as if God is not good. Praise should come as a fragrance out of your life to God Almighty. The Bible says that when Paul and Silas were jailed in the prison, the scripture said that at midnight, they, do, they did what? They took an uncommon prayer and took up an uncommon prayer. And then not only did they take up an uncommon prayer, they began to sing praises to God. They began to sing praises. That is the most awkward thing to do. They just locked you up. The chances are that they were planning to kill you. But you, in the night, you start singing. You start singing. You pray and you start singing. If you look at the, the later part of that scripture, the Bible says that suddenly there was a mighty earthquake. And why was there a mighty earthquake? Because God, every time you bring a song of praise to God, the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Have you ever been in a worship service before, in a praise service before, and the thing is moving you? What do you do? You, 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 you dance. Or you stamp your feet on the ground and then you dance. So I, I imagine in my mind that as this praise, these people were bringing praise unto God. What was God doing? God was rocking to the music of the praise from Paul and Silas. He was rocking to it. Look, look at how this, this, this boys are doing what are praising me. So God was rocking it. And the Bible says that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. So as God was shaking his leg, the earthquake was happening. 
Because that's the, the earth was his footstool. So for God to bang his leg, the Almighty, if he lifts off his legs and bangs it, earthquake, earthquake. And then, of course, the prison chains where everything flung open. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, every chain holding your life down, as you take an uncommon praise, God breaks them in the mighty name of Jesus. The last but not the least is that if you want to provoke the supernatural, the miraculous, you must have an uncommon love for God and the Holy Spirit. You must have an uncommon love for God. An uncommon love for God and the Holy Spirit. Uncommon love for the Holy Spirit is the greatest power behind the miraculous. That is the greatest power. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. He is the one that created the heavens and the earth at the beginning. He is the one that moves in the face of the deep and changes things. In fact, Jesus Christ said, without him we can do nothing. He said to the disciples, he says, go tarry ye in Jerusalem. In Luke 24 and verse 49, he says, go tarry. He says, and wait for the power. He says, so that you can be endued with power from on high. Friends, the Bible makes me to understand that if the spirit that raised Christ dwells in you, which is the Holy Spirit, it is the spirit that energizes, that quickens, that gives life, that gives strength, that gives Power to your body. In other words, when you are in love with this Holy Spirit, there is nothing you can do. Nothing. In Acts of the Apostles, it says how Jesus was anointed. I mean, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, friends, if you want to walk in the miraculous, you do what? Do the things that attract the power of the Holy Spirit. That attract the Holy Spirit into your life. Love him. Love him with a passion. Love him dearly. Sing songs to him. Cultivate a relationship with him. Develop intimacy with him. The Bible says that he's the one that gives, gives many. He gives gifts to men. He distributes gifts. He activates gifts in our lives. He operates different dimensions of gifts in our lives. In the life of believers, it says, as he pleases. In other words, if he becomes so, so, so close to you, he can give you anything. He can empower you for anything. He can endure you with anything. The Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 15, something that happens when the Holy Spirit is poured forth on you and I. If, if you are hearing the sound of my voice and you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you need him. You need him. The New Living Translation of Isaiah 32, verse 15, it says, until... The Spirit is poured out. Poured out on us from heaven. It says, then the wilderness will become a fertile field. In other words, before then, it will not be. But when the Spirit is poured out, the wilderness becomes fertile field. Every wilderness in your life becomes fertile from today in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you in a way it has never done before today. He says, and the fertile field 
we become a bountiful crop. Some translation says it will become a forest. In other words, it's from one level of glory to a higher level of glory to a higher level of glory. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, God, we surpass every expectation that you have in the mighty name of Jesus. Are there things in your life that have denied the existence of God? By the time you get closer, by the time this power works in you, by the time this grace abounds in you, there's no force in hell, no force on earth that will not give way. Therefore, in the name that's above every name, by the reason of the power of the Holy Ghost, everything in your life, I command and I decree that is not conforming to the counsel of God. I command an end to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Wherever you are, I'd like you to stand on your feet. What is that miracle you are believing God for? What is that miracle you are believing God for? As we sing this song, I'd like you to see the Holy Spirit come upon you, empowering you, breaking every chain, releasing strongholds, giving you new life, making your wilderness fertile, making your fertile field forests, giving you new, new dimensions of grace, new dimensions of ability, opening new doors, enlarging your coast, healing your body. As we sing the song, there's nothing what more. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca. The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.